0: From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, we continue our story here on the war of the USS Boise from yesterday. uh, In today's episode of Man Behind the Gun, which aired one week after last week's program, this aired on March the 28th of 1943. So let's take a listen to 10% is not enough.
1: The Elgin National Watch Company presents The Man Behind the Gun, dedicated to the fighting forces of the United States and the United Nations. And presented in the hope that these authentic accounts of men at war will bring you a better understanding and deeper appreciation of the job being done by our fighting forces everywhere in the world.
2: Battle control from Director One. Control I, Director One. Shell and powder up in all gun turrets. Very well. Load. 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 I. 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 Range 10 to all directors, stand by for action. Range of the night is 20,000 yards. Wind relative from bearing 280, speed 20. It is now exactly 2,348 minus 15 seconds. Minus 10 seconds, minus five seconds.
1: by for action and everywhere aboard ship hard-eyed sailors and officers watch the second hands of their timepieces they know the value of time they know that seconds may mean the difference between defeat and victory on the flying bridge in the director tower the plotting room in the gun turrets of the warship and on your own wrist elgin timepieces measure the priceless ingredient of victory time for 78 years Elgin has been making fine American watches. And today, the skill developed by Elgin craftsmen and passed on from father to son through four generations has gone to war. The finest scientific equipment in the watchmaking world now turns out the tools of victory. For Elgin's resources today are completely devoted to the production of precision instruments for war. These include navigation watches in use upon the bridges of American naval vessels on all the seven seas. Time fuses which accurately explode anti-aircraft shells in a hundred far-flung skies, compasses to point the way across trackless deserts and through pathless jungles, tachometers to measure the motor speed in thousands of mighty bombers, special military wristwatches across whose faces the second hand sweeps toward the zero hour and victory.
2: Tonight. The man behind the gun continues the story of the United States cruiser Boise, a warship which has added to the history of our Navy one of the most inspiring chapters since the Constitution met and defeated the Guerriere. You're a chief bosun's mate aboard the Boise. The guy that points and fires the 15 big guns of the cruiser. Right now, you're standing by for action off Savo Island in the Solomons. It's nearly midnight on October 11th, 1942. Your guns are manned, ready, loaded, and laid. You've sighted the enemy, and your eye is jammed into the telescopic gun sight searching for a target. Now, very dimly, you see a light gray spot on the lens. Then another, and another. Five of them. It's them. You can see them plainly. Target sighted. Bearing
3: 180. There they are, Scotty. Okay. Pick them up, pick them up, you farmer. I got him. Right, right, right. Steady. Steady now. Left, left, left. There. You're on. On target. Mark,
2: mark, mark. Trainer on target. Pointer on target. Control from Director 1. On target. Repeat, Director 1.
1: Are you on the target?
3: Director 1, aye. I'm on five targets.
1: Very well. Pick up the biggest one and
2: stand by to commence firing.
1: Aye, aye.
3: Pick up biggest targets. Left a little, left, left, left,
2: mark. Through your sights, you center the cross wires on the largest enemy ship in the line. And then you pick up the two firing keys and curve your thumbs over them. This is it. Director, one, on target. Open shutter. Commence firing. You press the firing keys that set off the 15 big guns. And as the searchlights on topside flash on for a moment, you see the big enemy cruiser square in the crosshairs of your sights. commence, commence. Commence your view is blurred by the shock of the explosion and the smoke of the guns. And now the Jap cruiser disappears behind mountainous spouts of water flung skyward by the bursts. And you know that the first salvo has straddled its target? Check fire! Spot one! Check, check, check! Spot
3: one, spot one. Up one, oh, double, right, oh, two. Up one, oh, double, I right, oh, two. Right, right,
2: right. Resume fire! Resume fire! Now the guns are firing as fast as they can be loaded. And that's plenty fast. The shells are like tracer bullets from a machine gun pouring into the enemy. And then suddenly the Jap ship erupts into flame from stem to stern. That's right. Burn, you bullshit. Burn. We got him. He's rolling over. He's going down. That's number one for the boys. Check fire. Check, check, check. Director one, pick up next target. Director, one, I, Shifting target. Last a little. Last a little. Mark, mark, mark. Trainer on target. Director, one, on target. Commence firing. Salvo. Salvo. Commence, commence, commence. Check fire. Spot one. Check, check, check. Spot one. Spot one. Your crosshairs are on a destroyer this time. A much smaller ship than the cruiser now wallowing its way into the sea. The 15 guns throw an arc of white hot steel. And this time, you're right on. Even before the shell timer goes off, you see the enemy ship disappear. Blasted out of existence with one full salvo. Hey, Scotty, this is fun, ain't it, huh? You see the way that chap split wide open? No stamina, Chief, no stamina. Director, one, pick up the next target.
3: Director, one, I. Shifting target. Come on, Tojo, who's next? Find something, will you, Scotty? Don't leave us here with our guns hanging out.
2: Cruiser on the left. Left, left.
3: I got it. I'm on it. Pick it
2: up. Mark, mark, mark. Train on target. Director one, on target. Open shutters. Commence
3: firing. Commence, commence, commence.
2: Now the main battery of the Boise is pumping shells at the second cruiser. In less than ten minutes, three enemy ships have been destroyed. A cruiser and a destroyer by the main battery, and another destroyer by the secondary battery. This is the fourth Jap ship, and you pour everything you've got into work. You can see her plainly, silhouetted against the blazing ruin of the first moves you hit. And you can see the shells from your battery marching through the sky and heading into her. Ain't that pretty? Look at that, Scotty. Ain't that pretty? Ask me later. Ask me later. You're throwing everything with the kitchen sink at the chap. You can see the smeary glare of ricochets from his armor plating. Most of them go in. Then you see the dull white gleam of fires inside. Try you dogs. Try. Burn, burn. You keep waiting for the chap to explode, but he doesn't taking everything you've got. Now you see huge balls of fire arching away from his war attack. Suddenly, you realize what it means. Why, the dirty jerks! They're shooting back at us! They're shooting us! What are you expecting to do, call your kid? Come on, keep
3: your thumbs on that firing key!
2: If you don't like the way I handle this key, you can shove it overboard. Check, fire! Check, check, check! The second cruiser's going down, now a flaming hulk. You take a quick look around and you see another Jap destroyer on her side and burning secondary battery has picked off another one while you were busy on the cruiser. Five Jap ships sunk in less time than it takes to tell. Not bad.
3: Boy, we'll get a medal for this.
2: You'll break your arm, Captain. A hit.
3: We've been hit. There's still some more Japs around.
2: Where are they? They know where we are, bud. Report the position of the head. Five-inch gun out of commission. Captain's cabin demolished. Torpedo approaching the starboard bow. Oh. Another torpedo approaching the starboard bow. Torpedoes. Here we go. The ship is quiet now, deathly quiet. It's turning. You can feel the slight list as it turns toward the torpedoes. Cross your fingers.
3: Smile, Scotty. Smile. Yeah. (laughs) First torpedo passing to port.
2: Second torpedo passing the job in time. Right between them, what a skipper! Ah. A miss is as good as a mile. And now the ship heels over again, going back into the battle line. Over the electrician circuit, you can hear the smoke watcher describing the scene. We're turning back now. There are two more Jap ships that we didn't spot the first time. I can see their guns firing. Now the Boise is taking she turns to go back into the line of battle, a Jap cruiser finds the range and begins pouring in six and eight-inch shells. Most of them miss, tossing tons of water over the forward deck and superstructure. Some of them are hitting, going in. The Boise is burning now. You sit there in the director with your eye jammed to the scope, centering the crosshairs. Come on,
3: Scotty, let's put the kill on those dogs. Left, left, left.
2: Trainer on target.
3: Director one on target. Resume fire. Commence, commence, commence.
2: You're on target again and firing. Not as fast, not as smoothly, and you're getting hit. You're taking it from stem to stern. You can feel the ship heel over and pick up speed, and you shout for the smoke watch. Hey, Money, where are we hit? Can you see anything? Hey, Money, where are we hit? He must have stopped one up there. We're hit bad. We're a fire forward. Is that you, Money? We thought you were dead. No, I ain't dead. Explosion knocked down my phone plug. I'm all right. Looks pretty bad. Sir, I have a shell hit on the faceplate of number one gun turret. I have a shell hit on the faceplate. Sticking through the armor. I think it's a dud, but it's still buzzing. I don't. Number one gun turret is filled with flame and smoke. Its guns are silent. Up on the bridge, the captain looks out over his ship, and what he sees isn't pretty. Fire! Fire a number one turret! Fire forward! Fire below! And the ship down by the head. You really caught it that time, sir. Yeah. Get on the pipe. See if we can raise anybody in that gun turret. Turret one, control testing. Answer please. Turret one.
1: Answer, please. Is anybody alive in there? Turret one. Control, testing. Turret three. Can you raise turret one?
2: Turret one. Turret three testing. Turret one. Turret three testing. No control, I can't raise turret
1: one. Very well. That's all, then.
2: Control, repair three. I sent one of my men into Turret One. He's just coming out now. Stand
1: by. No life in Turret One. He reports no life in Turret One. Very well. No life in Turret One, sir.
3: Not anyone alive in
2: there? No one? No, sir. Tough. Yeah. Yeah, tough. Tell him to flood. Repair three. Flood the turret. Put out those fires. Aye, aye, sir. Bridge from Repair 2. Bridge, aye. One of my men has just come up from below forward. The shell of a torpedo was hit in the forward magazine, sir. In the magazine? There's enough stuff in there to blow us to bits. Flood the forward magazine. Can't right away, son. My hose connections are shot away. Electrician's mate is still working on them. The head was below the water line about frame 50. Maybe it'll flood itself from the sea. Send one of your men down there to find out. Meanwhile, stick your fingers in your ears. The ship is dead quiet now. Everywhere, men are frozen at their stations, looking forward with grim eyes and tight mouths. Everybody's waiting to find out whether there's fire in the forward magazine. The way you find out is simple. If the ship suddenly blows into little pieces, there was fire in the magazine. So everybody stands still and looks forward, waiting for the ship to erupt in flame and split open from end to end. Wish I had a cup of jamoke. Yes, sir. Tastes good, all right. Without sugar. I wouldn't want any sugar. No, sir. Repair 2 to control. Control, I. Four magazines have been flooded by the shellhead, sir. No fires. Very well. Repair parties from repair 2 and 3 go below and make a full report on the bulkhead. Aye, aye. Aye, aye. Find out if there's any other damage, mister. Aye, aye, sir. Control to all stations. Any unreported damage? Repair 1. Aye, a 5-inch shell hit frame 78. Very well. 5-inch shell hit frame 78, sir. Thank you. Now, uh, let me think. Shall we re-engage the enemy? The skipper stands there talking to himself, thinking out loud. And there's plenty to think about. One gun turret is blown out. The ship is down by the head and the forward magazines are flooded. There are dead men aboard the Boise now. And fire. We can go back into the fight and go down still throwing steel. Or we can leave the kill for the other ships in the task force, withdraw and save ourselves from sinking. With six Jap ships to our credit. Six is enough for one day. We'll retire. Hard left, rudder. Hard left, rudder, this, sir so the battle is over for the Boise but there's no rest anywhere on board ship for two hours every man Jack is fighting fires and trying to win back control of the battered cruiser and gradually it gets done the fires are out and the ship will float but it's not pretty now not the trim beautiful ship it was yesterday Now the proud decks are heaved and twisted and scarred by shrapnel. The guns in the forward turret point this way and that, drunken fingers to the sky. And everywhere in the ship is smoke and dirt and grimy ashes. And the smell of oil and dead men mixed together. So that never again in all your life will you be able to smell fuel oil without remembering how it was on the Boise after the battle. Finally, the Boise is under control again, and you turn back toward the scene of battle. The two task forces have moved away, still fighting. And you pass by dark and nameless shapes, moving in the water. Life rafts, crowded with Japs who stare at you sullenly as you go by. And then over the loudspeaker, the word is passed. Target sighted, bearing 180. Can you make her out? Looks like a large ship or a group of ships. Commence tracking. All hands to battle stations. Stand by for action starboard. All hands, man your battle stations on the double. You take your station in the director turret again. Sit there, staring into the dark through your telescope, waiting for the order to resume firing. That's all you think about now. Your mind seems dead and heavy. All you're waiting for is the order to resume firing. That's all you know or remember. Yeah, I'm pooped.
3: You're pooped. Man, I'm half past six all the way
2: down the line. Range 10. Estimated range double oh.
3: I'd be just as happy if these ain't Japs we're closing with.
2: A while ago, there wasn't enough Japs to suit you. Right
3: now, I could take a hundred years shore leave. Range
2: 10. Estimated range one 3 0 oh, oh. Range is closing fast.
3: Now, you ain't kidding, brother. Too fast.
2: Uh, we might as well get it over with.
3: Yeah, I can hardly wait.
2: Range 10. Range is one one 0 we will soon know whether they're Japs or not. Either way, it's okay with me. Don't give up the ship, I always say.
3: Hey, look, John Paul. Go bag your head with it.
2: Range 10. Range 900. Stand by to commence firing.
3: Stand by to commence. Pick him up, Scotty. Pick him up. Left a little. Left, left, left. Mark. On target.
2: Trainer on target.
3: Director 1, On target.
2: Unidentified
3: craft have been challenged. They are friendly. Uh, brother, I hear
2: you talking. We are taking our station in column. At ease. At ease. But there's no at ease aboard a crippled ship. No at ease in waters where there are more Japs, subs, and fish. But when morning comes, the submarines come with it. Every 45 minutes there's a torpedo alarm and the destroyers alongside the wallowing Boise rush up and down, dropping death charges in a steady pattern all day long. And you sit there at your battle station ready for anything. You sit there where you've been sitting for 19 hours straight. And no time and a half for overtime.
3: You tired, Scotty?
2: Heck no. I only look this way because I'm anemic.
3: Very funny.
2: I wish something would happen. Not serious or anything like that, but... You know, something occupy my mind. Ooh. I felt good when we was fighting, but... You now I don't know. I sure feel low down.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you and me both. Well, it's the reaction. That's something to do with the nervous system. Huh? Yeah, I read about it in the books once. That's that's how I know. Yeah, I guess you're right. They... Uh, they taken the men out of the turret yet? Yeah. All morning. They found Johnson. What do we do with a picture of his kid? I don't know. They found him just the way he was standing when the blast went off. Just reaching back for the powder bag like he was still alive. All of them was like that in there. Even the electrician's mate. He was sitting down with his arms on his knees, looking right straight ahead. Just like he was when the blast went off. Ain't that funny? Maybe we ought to send a picture back to his wife. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know. Um, listen, Scotty, um, why don't you get some shut out, huh? Yeah? Go ahead. Hit the sack. i
2: I'll torture for it.
1: No,
3: no, no. I ain't sleepy. You go ahead.
2: All right. And hey, look. Yeah? Make sure you wake me up if any Japs come along.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll do that.
2: That evening, you get a sandwich and a cup of coffee. That night, you get four hours sleep. The next day, there's a notice on the bulletin board and an announcement over the loudspeaker. Services for the dead will be held at 12.45 on the fan tail. All hands off watch in at quarters for the muster. by one, they slip along the battle-scarred decks. But Scotty stands there, trying to make up his mind whether to go or not.
3: Come on, Scotty.
2: I don't know whether I want to go or not, Chief.
3: Well, Why not? They were all friends of ours. That's it. It's just
2: the point. The way I want to remember them is like they were. Not like the way they are now. I want to remember Johnson with that big, dumb pan of his turning red on on account of nobody laughing at his stories about his kid. I want to remember Eddie with his ears flapping while he played the harmonica. (laughs) You should remember those ears. He looked like a taxi cab coming down the street with the doors open. Yeah. You see, Chief, that's what I mean. I drank beer with those guys. I want to remember them like that. Not sliding out from under a flag into the ocean.
3: I don't want to go, Chief. Okay. Okay, Scotty. I know how you feel. I'll see you later. Afterwards.
2: Twisted, battle-scarred turrets and the shell-pocked superstructure. Aft to join the silent crew of the Boise, formed into a hollow U on the fantail. Astern, as far as you can see, the white-boiling wake of the ship is like a broad highway. Then the captain comes and climbs up on a capstan and reads to you. You can't hear everything he says, but sentences come back to you as the wind shifts and changes. I am the resurrection and the life. It's a beautiful day, calm and peaceful. The air is sweet. Since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Not far away, a seagull rises and falls without moving its wings. The wake of the ship is white and straight as far as you can see. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. You have no feeling, no deep sadness in you. It might be you lying there. It might still be you. And you know they felt like you do. If one comes along with your name on it, okay. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? And then, one by one, the honored dead are draped in the flag for which they gave everything they had to give, and carried to the taffrail. Adams, J.B. Seaman, second class. Belong, L.H. Seaman. First class. Van Hooser, RG, electrician's make third class. Chamberlain, HF, seaman, second class. Polito, S.T. seaman, first class. Kelly. One by one, they slip out from under the flag and into the sea carried down to the depths by a six-inch shell lashed between their feet. The honored dead of the United States ship Boise. Davis, G.M. or feel sorry. One doesn't weep or feel sorry for men who have given their lives for their country. You try and make up for them. 100% of the Boise's crew was ready to give 100% for victory. 10% did give 100%. sound familiar. These broadcasts are made available to you by the Elgin National Watch Company. Before we tell you about next week's program, may we ask you to listen for 39 seconds to a message from Elgin. Aboard warships like the Boise, and in
1: sand-scarred tanks and bullet riddled bombers, the precise hands of Elgin instruments point the way to victory. With Elgin skill completely converted to war production, naturally few Elgin watches will be available for civilian use. And you can scarcely expect foreign-made, imported watches to substitute satisfactorily for such high-quality American timepieces. So take care of the Elgin you now have. Wind it fully every morning. Treat it gently. Guard it from sudden shocks. At least once a year, have it inspected by your Elgin jeweler. Remember, time. The time on your wrist is vital to victory.
2: A year ago next Sunday, on April 4th, 1942, the Japanese bombed base hospital number one on Bataan. On that day, the fate of Bataan was sealed. And on that day, when zero dive bombers made a target of a bright red cross, we began to realize what kind of an enemy we faced. What kind of a war we must fight. Lest we forget, next week at this same time, we commemorate the bombing of Base Hospital Number 1, when the man behind the gun will be a woman, an army nurse on Batan. <laughs>
1: The Man Behind the Gun is written by Randall McDougall and produced under the direction of William N. Robeson. Jackson Beck is the narrator, and the original score is composed and conducted by Nathan Van Clee. The Man Behind the Gun is presented each Sunday night at this time by the Elgin National Watch Company, makers of precision instruments and timing devices for the Army, the Air Corps, the Navy, and Marine Corps. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: Welcome back. Well, a very moving and powerful uh, episode, and I think there's a definite shift uh, in the way the characters acting and behaving really brings home the realism and tragedy of war. In an ironic way, I think better than many of the anti-war programs we heard at the start of the uh, broadcast and uh, I think very well done from that dramatic standpoint. Now, you may wonder what the title refers to and what they're talking about with the 10%. Um, Well, 10% was what the U.S. asked citizens to put aside of their uh, salaries in uh, war bonds, either through the War Savings Plan, where it would automatically come out, or through... uh, setting it up for the bank to automatically deduct purchases for war bonds. And what they're saying is with the sacrifices people have made, uh, 10% is not enough because these people on the USS Boise, they gave 100%. Now, with the title of the uh, ship, it's kind of obvious how this uh, program caught my ear. You may wonder why the ship was named the Boise. Uh, well, it was actually sponsored by Salome Clark, who was the uh, daughter of Governor Clark, Governor um, uh, Bazilla Worth Clark, uh, who was governor of Idaho for a brief period from 1937 to 39. So, that's the story of the USS Boise, uh, and we will definitely return to Man Behind the Gun before this series is over. That'll do it for now. If you have a story about your experiences or that of a loved one in World War II, I'd love to hear from you. I welcome all your comments at Box13 at GreatDetectors.net. King Curlin provides the opening theme, Heroic curlincom Andrew Rines edits our sound. OTRWesterns.com I'm your host, Adam Graham. The War is offered as a service of the great detectives of old-time radio. WWE.